my wonderful Mav mates. It's Ginny, one half of the Mav Geeks, a military aircraft obsession podcast duo. So this week I'm flying solo and bringing you a mini Mav episode. I know, I know it sounds like a nice lolly. It's not. It's just a chance to have a little catch up. Well, about planes, of course. Today I'm talking to, well, I'll let him introduce himself. I really hope that you enjoy our first mini Mav. So my name's Al Spence, I'm a squadron leader and I am a flight commander on the Airbus A400 at Bryce Norton. Okay, so how long have you been on the A400 for, Al? Uh, it's coming up to about two years now in total, training course and then on to the frontline squadron. The A400, I think, still feels kind of quite new and shiny really in the fleet. Does it feel like that for you or does it feel like it's been here forever? No, not at all. The aircraft's been in service for a reasonable amount of time now. It just takes time for people to find their groove and and to overcome some of the initial teething problems but uh, the aircraft is starting to realize its potential with some of the more tactical air mobility disciplines such as parachuting dropping stores out the back low level flying uh, landing onto uh, unpaved runways etc etc so do you do a lot of that kind of stuff with the squadron here at Bryce? Yeah, it's capabilities that are just being handed over from the test and development units and the first group of both pilots and loadmasters and indeed some of the engineers as well are starting to train in those disciplines. Um, And as the years go by, and I say the years go by, actually probably more like as the months go by, (laughs) you'll see those grow quite exponentially. It must be quite nerve wracking though. So like for somebody like me, if we try something new with radio, it, it you know, it doesn't matter if, if everything goes wrong. But with you guys, when you're you're training to do something completely new and we're gonna be talking about the air to air refueling a bit later, there must be some kind of squeaky bum moments <laughs> that, that go on with when, when you try something new. Yeah, I think so. Uh th- I mean pressure is always there, right? But part of the training is to deal with the pressure. And you've got to remember that you know, you don't just jump in these aircraft <laughs> after a couple of weeks. Um, it takes years to train. So by the time you've done your early flying training courses, then progress through to the more advanced stages, you're kind of ready for it. Um, and any fear factor or unnecessary worry is very quickly ironed out because you have a deep understanding of the aircraft and how it functions. That said, you know, aviation is a, is a d- tricky discipline. There are easy parts of it, so to speak, but there are also parts that are very difficult and will tax you and, mm. and will could go wrong if you don't have 100% concentration. Fabulous. So I was going to ask about the A400. What is it for you that makes it a special aircraft? It's a hybrid aircraft, uh, certainly a, a big step up from the, the C-130 Hercules. Mm-hmm. It is designed and should in the near future be able to fulfill a very similar role, but able to fly further fly faster, carry more equipment, troops, cargo, etc., into similar places that the Hercules used to go and fulfill that job. And a, a slight step down in terms of size and global reach to something like the C-17 Globemaster, which is designed for those long A to B journeys or strategic air transport, as we call it, hauling huge amounts of freight. But it's kind of right up there as well. So you get the tactical side, and then you also get the strategic side. And as the vision for the aircraft just needs to all come together and really, I guess, grow into what it was designed to do. Now, Al, you've flown other aircraft, fast jets. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm not even going to ask you how different it is, the A400 from the fast jet, because, it, I mean, it's obviously, it's kind of chalk and cheese, isn't it? But what have you taken from your time on fast jets to now your time on the A400? With the jet that I used to fly on Tornado Geo 4, that was a crew jet. So you had a pilot and a navigator. So 
you already were used to working as a crew, unlike some of the jets, which yeah. you, you know are single seat. There are definitely different ways that fast jets work to the way a transport or multi-engine aircraft mm-hmm. works. Not just to do with the speed at which you're traveling, although that mm-hmm. is definitely a driver for things, because there just isn't the time in a fast jet to perhaps go into the detail that you can do in a transport aircraft. And also fuel, uh, you don't carry as much in a fast jet. So you don't also have the option of just kind of taking a minute to assess the situation. Mm-hmm. It's very much a lot of the sortie is decided in the plan and then very quick decision making as you're actually flying the aircraft. In a multi engine aircraft, the plan is still very important, but there's more time and certainly there's the environment in which you work in the cockpit and uh, with the rest of the crew in the, in the aircraft. There's certainly much more space and much more ability to think, to reference things, to look at documents, to huge amounts of communication suites as well. That said, in the jets, a lot of our job was tactical delivery mm-hmm. uh, of, of air power. And I suppose learning how you plan those, how you control those, how you execute those sorties, some of the techniques, flying around in the low-level environment, flying at night, air-to-air refueling, all those skills are applicable to any mm-hmm. aircraft. It's a base-level skill, like a foundation, right? Do you miss fast jets? Uh, no, no, no. It's uh, time to move on, I think. I spent a long time in, in jets, so over over 10 years or so. So coming into this completely different facet of aviation, done in a different way, go different places, see much more of the world than mm-hmm. I ever saw on jets. Okay, let's so let's talk about refueling. Oh my gosh, it it looks like a really dark art. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like something quite scary. Is it as scary as it looks? I wouldn't say it's scary, but then uh, that is probably dependent on whether or not you're afraid of flying or not, <laughs> uh, or or afraid of heights. So some people probably would find it scary, but then again, they might find just being in the aircraft will mm. stop scary. It's not. Definitely not. And I think I go back to one of the earlier points I made about, you know, the training and building Mm. you up to that level is I think when you get there, you are kind of ready for it. That said, nothing can replace, especially in the big aircraft, suddenly being up behind another big aircraft and, and having to refuel against it to try and describe it. Large aircraft, in our case, the Voyager for the RAF, trails behind it a heavy rubber hose off a drum where it's just Mm -hmm. wound up inside the aircraft that trails out all hydraulically controlled with a a basket that then sits in the airflow and sits nice and steady the hose is primed with fuel so it's as heavy as it can be so it, it reduces the tendency for it to bounce or whip around in the airflow you then come up alongside the left side of the tanker um make communication get clearance to move behind and carry out all your Mm in-cockpit checks to set all the switches in the right position to be able to receive fuel. Then when you're in behind the aircraft, it's a case of coming up to what we call a waiting position, uh, which is just a a small distance behind the basket. Get yourself steady. There's some references that we use on the underside of the aircraft to make sure we're lined up in the right place to give ourselves the best chance of having the probe lined up with the basket. And then when you're ready, just move steadily but positively forward and uh, hold those references <laughs> to uh, to drive the probe into the basket. If you make good contact, you'll hear like a solid clunk. Yeah. The probe will lock in and then you'll push the probe in and it will wind in on that drum. You move forward a little bit further. There's markings all down the hose so you know exactly where to sit just by yeah, pushing yeah. forward towards the aircraft or taking a little bit of power off and just sliding back a bit sit within that sweet spot and that allows the fuel to flow 
out of the tanker and into us. If we go too far forward, then the fuel flow will cut off momentarily. We'll get a light sequence that will let us know that. And again, if we go too far back, the fuel flow will start to cut off. And then you just hold formation position like you have seen many other aircraft, I guess, flying in formation. You just hold formation until the, uh, the refuel is complete. And then when you're ready to disconnect, just knock a bit of power off, hold the reference, come straight back and you don't need to press any buttons or anything like that. It's just the, the speed at which you come back will be enough to unlock the probe from the drogue. And then that basket and hose should sit nice and steady in the airflow. Drop behind the tanker, move across to the right-hand side. Again, a bit more communication with the tanker, arrange how you're going to depart from each other. And that's you complete with a full <laughs> load of fuel and ready to carry on. Oh my gosh, I feel nervous. <laughs> you're even listening to it. So... This was the first time that you have refueled the A400, is that right? So I had done some training beforehand. Um, <laughs> you didn't just decide to do it one day and no, let's have a go. <laughs> no. So it's a, it is a new skill for the A400. So, um, I mean, it's always been capable, but just with an aircraft coming into service, the amount of things that need to be developed on it and cleared mm. on it and things people need to be trained on. An air-to-air refueling just wasn't a capability that was at the top of that list or was desperately needed day after day. So a few months ago, towards the kind of springtime, that um, myself took uh, one of the first train, well, the first training course from the uh, uh, from Twenty Four Squadron, uh, which is where all the instruction is delivered from, and I, I got my qualification in air-to-air refueling on the A four hundred. The key thing in moments like that is not to try and deviate, not to go outside the box. Is you know be alive to the challenge, mm. stick to the training, stick to the drills and the SOPs, standing operating procedures, and just concentrate. And trust the process. Trust the process, but don't be a slave to the process. Okay. You've always got to be watching for something going wrong or something out of the ordinary. I think Slave to the Process is the name of my next band. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite cool, isn't it? I like that. Um, but just going back really quickly to what you were saying about like two large aircraft getting up close and personal. I mean, you're thinking, I mean, I bet the sky feels quite small at that point, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, an aircraft the size of the Voyager fills the, uh, the cockpit view from the windshields and, and your focus is on that aircraft. You know where you are, but your brain isn't thinking about that. It's not really looking at the map at this point. You know, mm. it's all about that moment. You know where you are. You know what you've got to do. And yeah, it's just full concentration, but the help of the crew to get you to there as well. The other pilot's got a really important role to play in carrying out the checks and setting the aircraft up and then talking uh, talking during the procedure about where we are in relation to the other aircraft, how the reference is holding, how the fuel flow is going, doing the communication to the tanker. It's, uh, it's definitely a team effort. I assist to everybody uh, who is a pilot uh, of any aircraft when we do MAV gigs. How does the A400 handle for you? Uh, so, I mean, it's quite incredible, really, in the sense of it's a huge aircraft and certainly doesn't feel sluggish, uh, doesn't feel slow, feels very tuned, and uh, you feel like you've uh, got full control when you're up there uh, manoeuvring around the tanker. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you to the wonderful squadron leader, Al Spence, for joining us on our first mini-mav. Anyway, I'm back next week with Jamie and we're speaking to the iconic Joe Salter, the first female fast jet pilot. Remember, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and at bfbs.com forward slash podcast. See you next week.